welcome. Whether you've got here by accident or on purpose, whether you were kidnapped and left until someone pays the ransom, you've arrived at Fishing Without Bait, a lifetime without definitive expectations, where we help people explode into their life through full impact mindfulness. The only entrance requirement is the honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness to try. If you have a few pixie dust sprinkles of those, strap yourself in, get the oars going, and let the adventure begin. I'm Jim Ellermeyer. I'm a behavioral health therapist, and today I'm joined by our new friend, Karina Musa. Hello. I hope that's correct. That's correct. Okay, so uh, Karina, tell uh, tell our audience what's good about being you. Oh, man. <laughs> What's good about being me? Um, well, I have some interesting experiences. I have an interesting background. Um, I wake up every day and I have an interesting life. I have a good job. And, you know, I, I just take it one day at a time. Okay. That's what we deal with. We deal with what's right in front of us. So usually what I ask people, Karina, is, and I explored your background, I usually ask that nobody ever really gets asked that question. Mm-hmm. What's good about being you? So usually if they don't have anything to say, I'll suggest to them, uh, do you know the difference between right and wrong? I hope so. I try to. <laughs> do you have a moral compass? I think I have a moral compass. Can you be dependable? I think so. Can you tell the truth? Yes. Can you treat people with courtesy and respect? 99% of the time. Then there's many, many, many good things about you. <laughs> I just, I think that's the five greatest attributes that a human being can have. And from exploring your background, uh, you'd have to convince me that you don't have every single one of them. Uh, so. so tell us a little bit about how everybody arrives here, okay? So you're a children's book author, among other ventures, and people seem to think, gee, how do, you know, how they've arrived. They're so lucky. They are so lucky. But what most people don't understand is that most people are 20-year overnight successes. So could you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my name's Karina. Uh, I was born in Bulgaria, which is a small country in Eastern Europe. And my parents are actually Syrian. So my parents were born in Syria. Um, at the age of about 19, my dad moved to Bulgaria. He went to school there. He got married to my mom several years later, and then she moved over there. I was born there, you know, third of, or after three, third of three sisters. So there was two sisters before me. There was one um, and I was the last one. I was the youngest one. And we lived there for six years more after I was born, and we moved to the United States. Um, I actually grew to, up in Mount Lebanon here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I uh, went to Mount Lebanon High School. Um, and from there, I went to Ohio University and graduated. Came back to Pittsburgh, started my career. Um, I got my master's, and then I'm um, currently working on my PhD at two universities here in Pittsburgh as well. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So that's quite a leap uh, to come from Bulgaria to the United States. Yeah. What uh, what drove that action? So at the time, um, I think my dad was looking for opportunities for my sisters and I, uh, and, and Bulgaria didn't necessarily have them. Um, this was after, you know, several years after the Soviet Union had fell, so there was a lot of uh, things going on in Bulgaria that just didn't make it the greatest place to be at the time, so... Um, you know, wanting to provide more opportunity for me and my sisters. My parents moved us to the United States. Um, it was between here or New Zealand. The U.S. gave us a visa, so it, it was a pretty easy decision. So how does a person in Bulgaria 
land in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania? So my parents, um, specifically my mom, has uh, some distant relatives here. So she has uh, some uncles, some, you know, fifth, sixth cousins. Uh, and, and we just knew people in Pittsburgh. It was the only place we knew people. Uh, so we, that's how we landed here. So what's it like for a six-year-old young lady to transition from her home to somewhere that's a totally different culture? So I can remember feeling um, like it was very tough. Um, I think one memory I have is just being in the airport in Bulgaria, knowing that we were leaving Bulgaria. And my uncle at the time um, also lived in Bulgaria. And I remember seeing him, you know, on the other side and just bawling and crying because I knew, you know, this was my home. I was leaving. And obviously the six-year-old wasn't sure whether I was going to be coming back or what was going to happen. So definitely, you know, a difficult adjustment and and just kind of like any child moving. I think it's uh, stressful for them, just not knowing what's going to happen. So, I mean, definitely felt the same way. So we have minds when we often talk about having minds of uncertainty can lead to minds of anxiety, worry, and fear. And I can't imagine what was going on through your head at six. Yeah, absolutely. And then moving here, um, you know, I I didn't go to school for a few weeks because we were just kind of trying it out to see if we were going to stay here long term. Um, However, you know, we decided to stay. So then my parents enrolled me in school. Um, I enrolled in the first grade at the time, but since I didn't know how to speak English and all the kids were learning to read and write basically at that age, um, and I couldn't even speak English, they actually put me back into kindergarten. So I started a little bit late. Um, and you know, I was always a little bit taller, just a little bit bigger than all the other kids because I was a year older than them. Uh, so I just remember feeling even then, you know, like almost like not necessarily I don't belong, but just a little bit different. I'm interested in what type of accommodations you were given being a non-English speaker. Yeah. So, um, I did have a language as a second or English as a second, second language teacher. Um, and I do remember working with her. And I specifically remember, I don't know why, but I remember her teaching me the word dog and pointing to a picture of a dog. Um, So I do remember that. But um, it was actually also interesting at that time, we found out that I also had some hearing loss. So then I got a hearing teacher as well. And I had to get hearing aids, which the school provided for me. Um, uh, So I had to kind of deal with that as well. So how did you integrate to the culture? You got into this school, and I imagine maybe most of the students already knew each other, so at least some of them did. Yeah, definitely. Um, the students definitely knew each other. There were some girls, I remember, that were really, really nice, um, and, you know, they befriended me, and they would help me, um, and it's ironic because uh, one girl I do remember, she was really good friends with me in elementary school, is now, um, I believe, a reading teacher, so it kind of just goes to show that that was something that she was always interested in, even from a young age, and she grew up to be a reading teacher, helping kids. Um, So it's very interesting to see how personalities are shaped when we're so young, and then they kind of carry into adulthood. Well, as we transition later on into your writing of these books, I think that uh, you uh, explore that, Mm -hmm. developing personalities and developing what we would call an open mind, Yeah, having... Wally develop an open mind, as we'll get into that later. So your sisters were a few years older than you. Mm-hmm. 
So that transition for them might have been a little bit more difficult or challenging. Yeah, so my sisters are five and six years older than me, so they're only one year apart. Um, so they were only one grade apart, so they were actually in the same school together. Um, so in some ways, I guess it almost made it easier for them because they were together in the same school. They were in middle school. I was in elementary school, which was a separate um, you know, building, so I wasn't with them. Um, but they actually found some friends fairly quickly and friends that they still talk to today. Um, you know, I can't totally speak to their experience, but I mean, I think I would say they acclimated a little bit quicker than I did. Mm. Um, and they, you know, started at the grade they were supposed to and they learned English, they learned reading, writing. Um, now, that's to say they also might have learned some of that stuff back at home as well because they were also older than me there too. <laughs> sure, sure. So uh, your father being Syrian and living in Bulgaria, decided to open a Mexican restaurant. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> when we moved to the U.S., uh, our visa was a business visa. So basically what that means is that my dad and my mom had to find a way to open a business and benefit the American economy and also benefit the American citizens. Um, so by opening a business, that does both. So uh, they found a, a restaurant for sale in Oakland, and it happened to be Mexican. Um, and at the time, it was just our best option. So they bought this Mexican restaurant. They learned how to make the food. Um, the cooks there kind of trained them on, you know, how to make the food. They were Mexican workers. And they just ran with it from there. And then they had it in Oakland for about a year. And then they moved it to downtown Pittsburgh. And it was actually the first Mexican restaurant in Pittsburgh. Ah. In, in downtown Pittsburgh. Okay. Um, and, um, they ran it there for about 20 years. Okay. Did, uh, you and your sisters work there? Yeah. So my sisters did work there in the summers. Um, I did also help <laughs> as best as I could as a six, seven, eight year old. Um, when I got older, you know, in high school, I did also go there in the summer, uh, to help them out. And I did stuff like on the register and I made like easy stuff like guacamole, um, so it was a really good experience growing up that way. So how quickly did Pittsburgh become home for you, Karina? Um, pretty quickly. I mean, uh, almost I didn't really have a choice. <laughs> so it was, you know, this or or no other choice. Um, but pretty quickly we, we, you know, rented a home for the first couple years. And my parents were able to buy a home in Mount Lebanon. Um, and, yeah, we had we just, just stayed. How was your parents' transition into American culture. Yeah, so my parents have always been um, really great and adaptable. Uh, you know, I mean, they already had moved from Syria to Bulgaria, so that's a transition in itself. And then I think when they moved here, that was just, again, another transition that they had to deal with. Um, but I think my parents are very resilient people that just take on challenges as they are and get through them because that's just their way of life. Um, so I think, I mean, you know, it wasn't easy at all by any means, but it was just what had to be done, and that's the way they saw it. Well, it kind of sounds to me, Karina, like your parents looked at things on how they, rather than how we can't do things, they thought of how they can. Exactly, yep. Excellent. I'm interested with your father's Ph.D. in electrical engineering and transitioning to the United States and opening a restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> he's so actually in Bulgaria, he did work um, in academics. He got his Ph.D. in electrical engineering. He did work in academics there in the university. 
Um, but my dad's always been pretty business minded. He's always been very entrepreneurial. Um, and he actually opened his own business in Bulgaria. Okay. Uh, so he ran a business in Bulgaria for several years. So he already had that background of running a business and knowing what to do. And he was successful in it. Um, so I would say that that's really what helped him out when he opened one here as well. So you graduated from Mount Lebanon High School and you went to Ohio University mm -hmm. yep. and you majored in? Healthcare administration. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And so you get your bachelor's degree in that and you say, hooray for me, I graduated. And That's then right. what? Uh, and then actually I was trying to move to Columbus, Ohio. I really wanted to move to Columbus. Um, and I ended up getting a job in Pittsburgh first. So I moved back home and I was like, oh, I'll just work, you know, in Pittsburgh and I would live with my parents until I find a job in Columbus. Uh, but it, it just didn't happen that way. Uh, I ended up staying in Pittsburgh. I ended up enjoying my time in Pittsburgh and my career in Pittsburgh was, you know, it went well. And so I kind of just stayed here and, and that's how it happened. We'll be continuing our conversation with Karina Musa, Pittsburgh children's author on our next podcast. And as always, here comes the free prescription. You can cash it anywhere. Fruits, nuts, and vegetables, and unplug your television, and take up fishing. However, for a truly mindful experience, we suggest that you fish without bait. Please do a kindness for yourself and do a kindness for another. Please forgive yourself and forgive another. If we're all not God's children, none of us are. Until all are free, none are free. Namaste, my friends. If you're interested in flying the colors of fishing without bait, click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait.